evening 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 as always just give everyone a bit of time to connect sound maybe video it's good to be back in a few weeks and it, we're just saying actually before we start it was weird <laughs> i kind of almost forgot how to set up my computer how to start this webinar already um so yes yeah, so i'm stanford we are talking about aging tonight and we're also just going to do a bit of um urging if you want to because as you know this is a free webinar that we share with everyone um anyone who is interested can join um but we would love to have more people joining us um not just on the screen but maybe even in the conversation so if you want to uh, if you're happy to please feel free to give us a little plug on your social media twitter instagram facebook whatever you use uh, if you feel comfortable share um there are we have some handles that maybe our background guys can um share with you as well so you can tag us um maybe you can just bring a friend along next time um colin what do you think about aging well i, I... When you talk about aging, it brings a number of questions up for me. Um, firstly, is aging just physical? It's just a physical thing, aging. Um, and also the other thing is, why are we so frightened to age? What, what is it about aging that actually makes us frightened? Um, is aging a good thing is another question that I have. And why do we age? You know, what, what what's the purpose of aging? Um what changes do we go through when we age and how do we deal with those changes? Um, what things in this world age us beyond our ear, ears, years, what things in the world age us beyond our years? And also the other thing is, is how do we maintain and look after our youth? And, and also what's the age, what's the relationship between age and time? Do you see what I mean? So there's a kind of, for me, when I start to think about aging, I'm starting to think about these things. So like, is, is aging just a physical thing or is there much, much more to aging in place? Because um, all of us are subject to it. And for me, there's a, we're not really kind of embracing aging. I don't see a kind of this sort of, embracing of, of, of aging going on I see actually the opposite I, th I see that actually what we're trying to do is 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 when someone says to us oh you look so young we, we kind of we, we, we well up with like really you know and also that compliment is you know when you tell someone you're 95 years old and they go no you don't look a day over 20 and you're like stop it you're just trying to play with me you know they, they you know that sort of those compliments that people give each other in those ways does that make sense, Stanford? There's a, there's a kind of thing that we're looking for with regard to how we perceive to age. And so for me, I'm, I'm questioning whether aging is a good thing or showing how we're aging is a good thing, um, but also questioning why do we age? What, what is the process? What happens? Why do we age? Why do we go through this? What does Western medicine say about this? What, what does Eastern approach to aging also look at this? And there are a number of changes that happen when we age and also kind of there's a resistance to those changes that go on rather than a transition, a smooth transition through a kind of process within our life. So what are the changes that happen and how do those changes affect us and how can we embrace those changes? So that, do you see what I mean? So this is where I'm kind of thinking about where I'm coming from with this. And guys, do you, is asking everyone here, do you have any questions about aging as well that I can ask you guys? So they're going to ask you a question and you're going to ask them back. Oh, no, they can ask us a question. And hopefully we, hopefully we can actually um, answer any question about we'll discuss, aging. We'll discuss the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any questions about aging? 
feel free to unmute, put it in the I'm chat box. say yes. Yeah, everyone, you can un unmute or you can uh, post it in the chat box. Ryan's asking, how do you reverse it? That's a, a wonderful idea. I love that. And I think it's something that I'd like to discuss as well, is reversing the aging process. Great. So for those of you who have joined today, you might got the secret of life from Colin tonight. Okay. There's um, a question. Sorry, Josh. I was going to say, a question for me would be just that there's a, I, I'm at a point in my life where there's, I'm noticing aging and it's mm. kind of, um, dealing with, I suppose, a transition of being more aware of um, my body, maybe not being as um, as young as it may, may used to be. So it's kind of, I suppose, how dealing with that process and that kind of the when whatever age it is, you you kind of recognise that all oh, my body is starting to bear signs of 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 age, sort of thing. So I'd be curious to hear a bit about that. Mm. Ah, and Camille, and negative thoughts and bitterness um, it, it can make things worse. So I, I think this is also another interesting idea is to actually look at um, internal. So what happens internally to and the internal effects of our thoughts and emotions on the aging process? And also perhaps Stanford as well, we can look at perhaps external influences as well, because there are external influences that affect the aging process too. Um, <laughs> Lauren, you're after product. At the end of this, I'm sure there'll be a sales representative that will make contact with you and we'll find product for you. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> the tea that I'm drinking, <laughs> just water. No, 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 but it's interesting because um, what you're referring to here is something that we also need to look at, which is the concept of Rasayana within Ayurveda, which is elixirs of life. This, this kind of thing that, that um, almost that we've got, and, and Stanford, you and I mentioned, we talked about superfoods as well. Um, so these, this idea of there are certain foods, there are certain substances, certain herbs out there that actually slow down this process. Yeah, and that's another one. How do you know what to change when to support the process? Yeah. Very important. Awesome. So Stanford, um, can I ask you, in, okay. if you don't mind, um, where would you like to start with this? Because I think it would be really interesting to hear from you, your thoughts just at the start as a medical doctor who has, you know, is working in psychiatry, who is, has worked a lot with birth and worked in that, you know, worked in this area where you've seen everything at every sort of single age. So I, I just kind of like want to ask your, your perception on aging from a medical perspective at the moment. So, so most of us here are regular, so you know me and you know that I can be opinionated. Um, mm. So I'm going to answer your question very directly, which is I don't think aging is a bad thing. I, I understand why it seems to have quite a lot of negative connotation um, associated with it. And we can get weird, obviously, and spend the most of today's session going into it. But I personally find it very incredibly positive because to age means we are existing. Uh, very, very few organisms in, in this world don't age. I think some microorganisms, some bacteria, and things like that, they, are, they are, have infinite life, but then they are very, very simple life forms. So any slightly more complicated life form will age. They, some may age faster, some may age slower, but to age is to exist. So I think aging is incredibly positive because it means that we are alive. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Colin's completely right, and we have a very rare kind of negative view to aging because apparently according to WHO's of the World Health Organization about 50% half half the people in at least in Western Euro society are ageist especially if you're the younger the more ageist you're going to be so it's very very interesting because I think most people if you ask them are you ageist are you like discriminating against older people or people of certain age they would probably say no but by action by attitude they actually are and as we probably have noticed, our society a lot of the time are not best designed towards people who are older because, I mean, we, our, our, our population actually age incredibly over the last 50 years because of advances in science and sciences. We're saying like nowadays uh, is about 1 billion people worldwide um, are over the age of 60. And that figure is actually going to be double in the next 30 years. So by 2050, about 2.1 billion people worldwide will be over the age of um, 60 years old. And actually, if you're talking about an over 80 years old bracket, it, that is going to triple um, to reach about 426 million by the year 2050. So I think sometimes maybe the culture, maybe the society, the structures not quite catch up with holding a different age population within the society. And I think that may be part of the reason why. Now, I find this really, really interesting because if you think about traditionally, traditionally, uh, there was a sort of a, and I think this is to do with longevity as well, isn't it? And life expectancy actually increasing with age is that, you know, traditionally what we had is that actually you went to those people who had age, that had experience, that had gone through so many different things in life, had direct experience, and, and you call those people wise. And as a younger person, you'd look to those people that had gone through an aging process and just kind of gone, you know what? But we're almost doing it the reverse way around. We're actually dismissing those people that have experience, that have knowledge, have aged, have gone through. I don't know. Is it, is it, if you continue Stanford yeah <clears throat> and as you said I think that's why we're now saying that's actually a huge amount of potential um to have a slightly older population because we have this collection of wise people wise men and women or non-binary people however they like to de- define themselves with to share their experience and actually to contribute maybe not so physically because we do recognize as we age one of the main core feature cardinal features physically you may get slightly weaker slightly less strong because that's how muscle works and things like that but actually in terms of mentality in terms of experience in terms of uh, wealth of knowledge they are probably much better um how are we going to inc- incorporate that into the society i think that would be a big question but in order to get there i think i'm gonna have to start physically first so i'm just gonna say um colin what will you answer paul's question because i thought that was very interesting how he said he noticed it more as he aged, and how, sorry, I may be paraphrasing here, but how how do we deal with this awareness? And in some way, I almost hear that question as in, as we age, we grow more awareness of our body. Because when I was a kid, I remember when I was a teenager, I just jump around, never really pay attention to my knee until I injure it. And nowadays, if I do a bit of yoga, do a bit of walking, do a bit of running, I start noticing my knee. Is that necessarily just because I'm wearing, tearing my joints more or is actually I have more body awareness? That would be a question I pose as well. So um, I hope you guys are up for a bit of a monologue. Feel free to interrupt at any point in time. Um, I think where, where I want to start is I want to start with 
um, yoga's perception of the body. I, and I think this is kind of interesting because it's built on a philosophy, which, um, which what it does is it says that all the matter that makes up your body, so everything that makes up your body, that's a body, the whole physical body, the mind, and that also includes your, um, the way you're you think mentally and also your emotions as well. All of that the, and, uh, are bound by the same set of rules that everything else in the universe is bound by. It means that they, it has to accumulate, which means it goes through expansion, it goes through growth, um, it has to preserve itself, so it has to maintain itself. And then it has to have dissolution, it has to have change, it has to kind of break down and change. And so every single thing from the cycles of what's going on in, you know, in the cells in your body, right the way through to the body, right the way through to everything that's happening on this planet, everything that's happening in the universe, everything follows these cycles at different rates and so what we're looking at is we're looking at and and it means that if our body is following the cycle the cyclone is in fact a pattern and it's one that's found as i just said within everything at different rates so what you're finding is is creation um sustenance dissolving and this pattern that's found in keep going again and again and again and i think this is the pattern the basis of the pattern and the cycle that basically holds us together and so if we've got this pattern and cycle that's holding us together it means that this is constantly changing so the body itself is constantly and constantly constantly changing and because it changes we actually want to hold the whole thing together and as we hold this whole thing together it's It means that we're alive because of the relationship between all of, between our consciousness and our matter. So our consciousness and our matter come together. Does that make sense, Stanford? I hope you guys are following this. Um, And as a byproduct of our consciousness and matter coming together, these cycles start to take effect. As these cycles start to take effect, our matter is given a certain amount of time that it can come together within yoga texts. They give it 120 years. They say the maximum that this matter can come together is for 120 years. This is the maximum longevity. They also say that you're given a maximum number of breaths in your life in order to then reach those years. So what we've got is we've got this matter that comes together. It follows these cycles in this way. We also then have a... um, We also have um, this relationship between consciousness and matter, which creates the life force, the energy to actually maintain this whole thing. And then we have um, a certain amount of time frame that this thing can actually hold itself together and exist. Did that come across clearly? And did I explain that? Okay, guys, if I didn't just look at me and go, and I'll try again in a different way. Um, So this is the first thing. Um, The next thing is that it, it, it means that, all of this cycle is part of the aging process and it's happening all the time. So things are accumulating, things are being maintained, but then things are sort of dissolving. And this begins to answer Paul's question. It means that what happens is that at the 
beginning stage of life, we find that actually there's a lot of accumulation that's going on within our body. Um, and, it, and this is ruled by sort of almost, you know, you pick up a baby. I don't know if you, at Stanford, you picked up a lot of babies in your time. Um, but if you pick up a baby, do you, are you, you I'm so surprised how heavy they weigh. Do, do you, ever, you ever pick up a baby and you just kind of go, it's just a kind of small package like this. You pick it up like that and you go, oh my goodness. Well, and you hand it back straight away and you just go, you can have that for a moment. It's very heavy. Um, but they are very, very, very heavy. Um, and, and, and it's because they're so heavy, they've got this potential. They, they're growing. They're going to accumulate. They're going to actually expand according to yoga. So in the early stages of life, um, it's ruled by water and earth. Um, it's about structure and liquidity. Um, and it's about the capacity to grow. And so what's happening is you get the effects of kind of like plumpness in the cheeks. You get this kind of shiny skin. You get this fluidity of the body. The body can actually start to do so many different things. It can kind of move. And, you know, you pick a baby up and you just kind of you can take its foot and put it in its mouth. You try doing that right now. I mean, guys, come on. Who's going to put their foot in their mouth right now? You all look at me just going. It's not going to happen. But you look at a baby and the baby's grabbed its foot, putting it in the mouth and it's sucking it. And you're going. Look at that flexibility. Look at that. I wish I still had that flexibility. And this is the basis of this age. And so this age has a number of different benefits. It's open. It's very fluid. It, it can do so many different things. And so often the role of yoga at that time is to help to create structure, to create the strength and the flexibility needed within the body. And I'll come on to some of the purposes of, of the tools that we use in a minute. Um, in middle age, we find that actually it's governed by fire, by pitta. So it's, it's all to do with the metabolic processes that happen. And for me, this becomes very interesting because if you start to look at the cycle of things, so if you look at the way that we accumulate something, that we maintain something, and we, then we actually remove something or something dissolves, is it's actually a process. So there's these processes that are going on inside of us physically, and there are also processes that are happening mentally, but there are processes, our whole life becomes a series of processes that are going on of us taking things in, processing things and moving them out. So the sort of to maintain something, the processing aspect of it needs to work very well indeed. Now, as part of this, and this explains Stanford, what went on is that in early life, what happened is that you got a small injury. And then later on in life, something comes back to kick you in the butt a bit later. Does that make any sense? So actually what happens earlier within this accumulation process suddenly gets set within the structure of the body, and then it starts to appear later on within the processing and functioning of how the body's working later. And so the middle age is associated with this idea of processing things. Um, and I think we'll, we'll come back to this in a, in a little while. Um, you okay with me to continue my monologue for just a little longer? Um, we love your monologues. Oh. I wish I could draw breath every so often. Um, it, 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 it's interesting for me because this stage is, it, it is to do with processing, but it's also to do, with, to do with transitioning and also to do with transformation. And so what I tend to see is, is when we're starting to look at aging, um, I, I think I see more signs of aging occurring at this stage. There's either an increased sign of aging or a decreased sign of aging within this stage of life. Because I think for me, this is the, this, this processing area of life where things actually start to move, 
through the body, you start to get sort of wrinkles. You start to get sort of hair loss. And there's me talking about hair loss. Um, you start to see a sort of graying of hair. You start to see joints aching. So you start to see sort of byproducts of how this matter, which has come together in a unique constitution, is embracing the aging process as it goes through what it needs to go through. So almost its resilience. Um, in the final stage, um, so later on in life, we're, we're subject to air, we're subject to movements. So there's a, almost in a way, there's a degeneration of the whole system into its dissolution. So how what yoga does is it's, it's kind of, it's breaking these things down into these three steps. It's these three sort of stages. And it's saying that everything is going to go through that stage, including us. Everything within life will go through that stage. And so the whole thing is sort of going through these three stages. Did that answer any questions or have I need to expand out a little bit more? I think that answered quite a few questions, but now I have one for you after that monologue. Okay, but just, just let me check. So your question is about your knee. Yeah. And then, Paul, your question was? I suppose it was just the awareness. And as you talked about, like just sharing the different stages of aging and it's it's one of those where it's just that i think it's just as you say it's maybe just transitioning into a, a, a the next stage of it sort of thing and or maybe just the maybe i already transitioned into it but just becoming aware of it mm. um more, more acutely aware of it sort of thing so yeah it was that was interesting to see and thinking about how that evolution happens and is a very natural pro process makes sense so Thank you. So two there. That's brilliant. So Stanford, I'm off the hook. Well done. So my question would be, is there a fixed period or fixed time frame for these three stages of changes? Or can we hasten the process or slow down the process anyway? My question is not so much related to reversing aging, which obviously most of us want to know about, yeah. but Actually, maybe because I'm in certain parts of psychiatry currently and previously, where there almost seems to be an urge for children and teenagers to grow up and mature quicker. Yeah. I almost see there's a hastening of like younger children, despite the fact that they should still be on that accumulation stage. They've gone so fast and into the processing and metabolis metabolism stage already. And then that makes me question what that means that they will get to the kind of disintegration stage earlier. Is that good? Is that possible? Is that a possibility or is there always a fixed period? I really like your question because it brings something quite important up. It, it brings up the, it brings up the fact that actually we need to go through each of the stages. Um, well, I'm going to use the word well. Um, and, and by going through each stage well, it means that as we're a child, we almost need to enjoy being a child. So many people, and I've had numbers of case studies, in fact, a case study this week, where we, I think we were discussing handstands, weren't we? And the joy that came to a lady in her mid-30s by doing a handstand, and she never did this as a child. And almost in a way that what happens is that by jumping forwards, 
in one way aging internally emotionally forwards very quickly or jumping forwards or missing a stage actually it creates an issue later on in life as well so i think it's not just physically that something comes back to kick you in the butt but actually also emotionally as well so in in indian in indian thought there are numbers of different rituals you needed to go through in your life to move you from one stage to another stage they gave i think roughly 40 rituals from um pre-birth right the way through the whole process towards death and then after death there is a ritual that's conducted on your behalf so there's a numbers of different stages that if you go through those stages you were looking at aging well so that, did that answer the question yes it kind of, it, it, it does i think because I, I think i'm seeing something quite similar at least psychologically and if not physically as well because I used to do clinics for uh, children with ADHD autism and and sometimes the way that we kind of um, manage I would say I'll use the word manage um, these cases or these case studies seems to be we want them to be more mature and sometimes I would sit there in the clinic room thinking but he or she or they are 13 like maybe part of being 13 is running around jumping around and slightly disobeying rules and you know just playing because that's or at least that's how I behave when I was 13 years old <laughs> some of the time not all the time but and and I almost felt like uh, have we gone to a stage where we want them to grow up a little bit too quickly and in some way kind of speed up the aging so earlier on in the process which makes us being more scared I think that would be linking to kind of almost like the fear question. Why, why are we so afraid or why do we think so negatively about aging? Because we're going through the process much quicker than well, what normal would be or what, we, what aging well would mean. Well, we are. We're, we're, we're subject, the whole of us, our body, our mind, our emotions, that, you know, they all change and they all move. And, and they're also subject to influence um, from internal sources and external sources. So this leads us to numbers of different questions. And the questions are with regard to the either the slowing down, the speeding up, or getting the aging process in the right way. And so it, it means that if we take Camille's question, if we start to look at the influence of stress on the system, and that's emotional stress and physical stress, um, I met with a a ski guide earlier this week who in their 30s um, has pelvis problems, knee problems, back problems, and all of it's due to excessive use. So almost in a way, they're representing a person in their 70s. So the physical structure, almost because of the excessive use, is degenerating. But in their mind, they are that person that you know the ski instructor they are this this and this so almost in a way we have these kind of almost these discrepancies that are going on does that make sense Stanford? yes it's the mismatch between the mental age and the physical age in some in a lot of way and right. there's also emotional age as well i find where how, like we talk about eq all the time emotional quotations like how mature it's a person in holding their own emotion holding other people's emotion how do they deal with situations and actually a lot of the psychology or psychiatry that 
at the moment I have to deal with is actually about that as well as how do they react to a situation. And sometimes I remember there's a case study like quite recently where I'm holding a patient with another caseworker who she is about mid 40, maybe late 40 um, female, the, the, my colleague, and the patient herself is about mid 50s, close to 60s. In the clinic room, she came to see me because she has problem with alcohols and she will um, lash out, she will behave irresponsibly, she has some other mental health diagnosis or personality diagnosis. But what was interesting is when she came into the room, she was actually incredibly drunk because she find that she need to drink half a bottle of Bricardia, whatever spirit she can find, to find the courage to deal with the situation. And I remember talking to my colleague afterwards. I know it's incredibly hard because uh, part of our job is both of us being younger to, to our patient actually have to deal with her almost behaving like a girl, like a, like a young teenage girl who's acting out, drinking, misbehaving, um, almost being told off a little bit during the hour session and how to like how, how she can cope better, how can she deal with life better. And this is almost like a conversation we will have as parents to a 13-year-old, not a 57-year-old. And I, I find that mismatch also quite evident as well, that there seems to be maybe in terms of the um, uh, academic or the learning side or the cerebral side is advancing quite a lot. Sometimes I do find that people's emotions might not catch up at the same age as well. And, and I, I, I see very, very similar things to you. And yoga would look at this, that we need to bridge the gap between that age, the 13-year-old that's trapped inside the 57-year-old body how do we bridge that gap and how do we take that person from that 13-year-old right the way through to actually the age they should be? And I think that with regard to emotionally processing, all of us work with emotions and default with emotions in different ways. And in some cases, it it can cause us a lot of stress and a lot of problem in the way that we actually suppress emotions. And I think that suppressing emotions, shock, fear, um, huge amounts of, of, of relationship stress, I think that that can actually age us. Um, and it's not just what's going on inside of ourselves, because remember that what we take in from outside, also we have to process. So all of this emotion comes from it's our relationship with outside, but also with food as well, because we also have to process food. And it's why some foods are looked at as being elixirs and really important and good healthy eating. And others are, are condemned and, you know, should be avoided at all costs. So now what? As part of um, preparing for this session, um, I was thinking about aging a lot. And as you know, I'm, I recently traveled back to UK. And there was one conversation that we overheard on our journey was uh, amongst like a group of slightly older um, gentlemen and ladies. And they were talking about, I think they have some sort of knee replacement operation or something that they are planning or something. And one of them made a comment that really stuck, which is, the, 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 the sucky thing about aging is you never quite know what you will get. And that is the bit that, that he or the person who said it find kind of most annoying. And that really stuck with me because part of me thinking, is it always unknown? Is it always unexpected? Or can you kind of 
if you are perceptive enough, can you kind of know what you're going to get in your aging process? Because we kind of know already, you know, with aging, you have your graying of your hair, you have thinning of your hair, you have wrinkles because there's photo, um, there, there, there's um, sunlight exposures, you have mm-hmm. muscle, muscle density, bone density reduction and so on and so forth. Yeah, got the joint wear and tears. But is it always a surprise? Is that why we don't like aging as well? I don't think it's necessarily a surprise um, because I think that actually each constitution has its, each person has a unique constitution. So for Vata-based people, you'll find that as they age, there is, um, you know, there are certain things that will happen to them. Their joints, for for example, will be become sort of very dry and start to crack. Their hair will start to dry as well. Um, You'll also find that their skin will start to dry and become wrinkled. So it it kind of, as you go on with this, you start to see that, and they'll be prone to sort of balance issues. So you'll see that actually what will happen is that based on a constitution, you'll start to get different effects with aging. So with Pitta, you start to get a kind of like bloating inflammation that occurs within the joints. Um, So I think that it's, it's to do with perception. It's also to do with awareness. And it's also to do with understanding the nature of how our matter is constructed and it's been brought together. Because if we start to understand how our matter has been brought together and constructed, we can actually start to see what interventions we need to put in place to slow the aging process down and to live and age well. Go on. I think we're all waiting and we're all wanting to ask, tell us what, what does, how does Kappa age? Beautifully, actually. I'm serious. Okay, but it has to change its diet. This is the issue. Because what it ate earlier in life, it can't eat later on in life. And then this is the thing, because actually longevity comes from the water and the structure of the body. So Kappa actually has a very, very good longevity within it. Just have to be aware of the diet. Correct. And the problem with Kappa is that it tends to like and love certain things and then it imbalances the whole thing and sort of um... creating issues. Exactly. And I think I think almost similar to fertility, where this lack of awareness seems to happen in a society as well. And then again, fertility is obviously very associated with aging as well, where what I'm always a sound is there's not as much taught about female and male fertility in, I don't know, GCSE biology, A-level biology, or even younger year group. And just the same, I think there's not so much discussion about aging, which I think is one of the things that WHO is trying to improve on is kind of creating more and more awareness. Not This is not just by like having more uh, uh, easy access buildings and transportation, things like that. It's actually just to make it more visible. And I remember... I think I was talking to some marketing team recently where it's just becoming a priority where you actually have to have different um, shapes and sizes of people, different colors of people, but also different age of people on your promotional material. So it really represents um, the, the kind of the, the, the different population, different proportion of the population. And I think that's very, very true because almost in some stage, um, part of the aging is also socially. Socially, there's a lot of isolation once we get older as well, where maybe the children go on to um, 
job they move away so that's like an emptiness syndrome um also mentally part of aging is mentally you may start ha- having memory issues as well where from that you then also have a lot of isolation where you don't remember your loved one or you remember less well or you are less capable and you have to move to somewhere else and that in itself create a lot of isolation obviously internally that causes a lot of problems that we mentioned already but socially that is an issue and I do wonder I think lots and lots of people having great ideas but I do wonder what can we do more In one way, uh, we have been quite clever to allow people who are of a certain age to retire together in retirement homes and retirement communities. So there is over 60s housing. There is um, we put people in a place where actually they're alongside other people and they have the support too, so they can age well together. So I think there's some very good ideas out there with regard to aging. Um, I, I Having, having looked at the aging process within yoga um, and looking at it as a process and also looking at the, the maximum years that, which is a time frame, years that actually the, the matter that holds you together can be held together, um, which is 120 years. It, it, and the, I find that very interesting is that they've actually defined that and said that that's the, the length. And I think that as... A race we are trying to increase our longevity we're actually trying to make, push the age barriers further and further and further and when i talk to a number of elderly clients who are in their late 80s early 90s and the thing that they say to me quite often is oh my good god why do i want to keep living you know because actually i really you know do i want to really go for another hundred years you know, it, it's it's it, there's something. I think there's a there's a a question within us as a as younger people that we kind of like we we, we can see into the future and we're looking towards the future with a with a certain kind of like well I'm really enjoying life I'd like to keep enjoying life for and try and you know be the person that outmaneuvers and beats this whole thing and I'll try and find the science to actually do it and I will you know, I'll develop this or this or this, or we'll be cryogenically frozen so that actually when the science is in place, that can be reanimated. And, you know, am I making sense, Stanford, with this? Yes, just reminding me of the movie, The Literary Sky. Keep going. Yeah. So I'm I'm just kind of, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why, instead of enjoying our lives and enjoying what's given, but also to slow our relationship down with ourselves so that actually we can get the best out of our lives because if we're given a certain number of breaths in our life and if you think about what breaths are is that a breath shows what's going on in the nervous system and if our breath is short almost that what's happening is we're shortening these 120 years so i think it's 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 a real metaphor to say actually you know just work with your breathing work with your nervous system and actually just make sure that your nervous system is resilient, that you're resilient, that it will give you the best opportunity to live in life. 
Almost similar to that, I, I in my research, I came across something called calorie restricting. I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of diets recently that involves fasting, mm. but apparently there's some research in animal uh, models where there are in a lot of like different species of animals where calorie restriction actually in, increase their life or improve or prolong or increase their lifespan. Mm. I'm not sure if the research has been replicated in, 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 in human study yet. Um, but apparently by restricting 60 to 70 percent of what is usually consumed that will increase the lifespan but uh, what the comment you just made almost kind of ring a little bit of truth in that as well where we actually enjoy and process and actually probably taking what we meant to take in breath um nervous system signaling food physical world then maybe you can actually age better I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it does. It, it, it really does. It, it's a... There's something also within yoga to do with this as well, because actually it, it means that what you ate at the beginning of your life, you don't eat it towards the end of your life and also the like you said with regard to the quantities as you get older you must take less and less and less and less and less um and actually there's a there's a series of rituals at the end of life um to do with understanding and knowing when your point of death is and at that point when you know what's happening you stop eating food yourself so that actually you're you're in charge of the time that you exit or you finish this is a whole kind of series this is in a text called the Bhagavad Gita um with the you know good times to actually die and you're in charge of your death rather than actually running from it or as you age just just sort of being frightened of it that you're in command of the whole thing so I find that interesting that that's that's in a text like this And in these texts, does it ever mention about ailments like disease pathology with aging? Because like Lauren was mentioning as well, she has similar knee issues when she was 18 and now she's noticing it more and more when in her 30s. And I think that that always been a trend as we get older, that as we said a few times, um, joints problem, normal wear and tear, but that's also actually increase mm. in metabolic problem like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, strokes, um cataracts like these are all like very very common prop um health problems and in, in the medical world we call them like the kind of the geriatric syndrome where there's a collection of things that organs that tend to start failing or working less well um or over the time you wear and tear of the modern lifestyles and so forth is there any mention of these as well in the yoga text uh, and a question back to you before i answer this is that is there is a process and focus now on prevention rather than cure so actually to educate people in order to prevent these things from happening becomes very important because if you look at yoga's tools okay so we look at let's say a physical tool what's the physical tool the basis of the physical tool is for a child it teaches them um, how to move it teaches them about the awareness of their body it teaches them how to overcome fear in different situations. It gives them a structure. 
it creates strength and suppleness within the body that can be maintained. But then when we look at it, the purpose of a physical arsenal within an adult, it actually is there to maintain and protect what they've got. And also to allow the body to manage the injuries that it has in place. So it actually can be used as part of a therapeutic practice in order to integrate the injuries that we have with it into the system. And as we get older, what we're finding is that, yes, the organs drop. There is a change in the in the elasticity of the tissues within the body. There is um, degeneration of the bones. And if you look at physical practice, a lot of the techniques that are given, such as banda, such as um, inversions, a lot of the benefits, such as deep, very deep twists, all of it is about making sure that the system itself metabolizes and moves things through. So the process, everything processes it in the right way that it should and in the right place that it should. So it's there to bring back the, let's say, the digestive fire to the abdomen if and to ensure that it hasn't gone into the wrong area, which will age the which will increase the aging process. So all of the physical techniques are there. So actually the body itself can and the body is defined within yoga sharira, which means that which, which will eventually decompose. So they've already defined it as that which will decompose. So we know it's going to decompose, but how it decomposes, how it dissolves, we are, should be in charge of. And I think that's one of the most powerful things is that we're actually using these tools to slow this process down so that we age well. If we use the tools in the wrong way, it increases the aging process because they're powerful tools. So if we look at it with regard to, let's say, physical positions, if we start to look at it with regard to breathing, and for a young person, we're using breathing to, to enhance their resilience. We're using it to allow them to deal with mental issues. Um, in midlife, we're using breathing to help people stay stable in the chaos of the world, you know, to enhance their metabolic processes, um, to maintain what they've got. And in old age, it's actually to access something spiritual, to give them energy for daily life, to be able to move beyond something. And if we start to think about meditation um, and, and meditative type practice in younger people is to create awareness, is to give them awareness. It's a little like basic mindfulness. And in mid sort of life, you've then got this idea to use meditative practices, again, not just to help you to process things and to take space from things, but also to give you different perspectives so you can actually process things more effectively and to deal with the chaos that everyday life brings up and to process what comes up in life. And also we would use meditation to maintain our stability at that time of life. And in an older age, I think that we'd use meditation to, again, get access spirituality, but also to get a glimpse of what's to come afterwards. So for me, these tools and how we're using these tools, because food is also a tool. And these are things that we're putting into the system that can either increase the aging process or slow the aging process down slightly to enhance our longevity so that we can actually live well. And the same is true with our lifestyle. And there's different lifestyle recommendations called vihara, different lifestyle recommendations in yoga, as well as food recommendations, ahara. So I find this kind of interesting. Um, does that make sense, Stanford? Uh, yeah, I find it very interesting as well, because I think in some way that may be an aspect 
that we don't advocate so much in the Western medicine. I think I think indiv- the individualized medicine medicine model does because mm-hmm. we encourage people to kind of move with their life and kind of tailor their 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 physical health, mental health, overall health according to their need. But sometimes there's almost an expectation that we will always maintain. I think that there is a there's a very big focus in the Western medicine is about maintain maintenance. Like you always want to maintain your blood pressure in a certain point. You always want to maintain your blood sugar level in a certain point. But actually, because I used to work in obstetric, I we know that actually blood pressure change a lot during pregnancy at the beginning, middle, after. So it's blood, so it's blood sugar, and actually that would be the case in men in you know puberty all the way through older age. Um, it's, it's that acknowledgement, I think it's that almost education on the need of evolution, I think probably is quite important. Because as you said, yes, we are working more and more towards prevention of these ailments and pathologies and disease in um, older age now. But in some way, I almost, almost call them like a secondary prevention where you know certain people are at a higher risk group because they start having high blood pressure. So you want to prevent them having um, heart problem and strokes and things like that. But the working on actually improving the overall health, diet, lifestyle to really nip all these problems at the bud, I think we're still very much working on. Um, and again, that may not just be within the medicine because I, I I I almost say once you hit the stage where you need to start seeing a GP or the, even the specialist that probably is a little bit beyond the primary prevention stage you kind of need to start a little bit earlier and hopefully that will be a focus of I don't know the World Health Organization or individual governments healthcare systems because that will be much much more useful and I think I'm jumping into my other shoe uh, on the other row now, which is as a yoga teacher or as someone who can work in the community in a different way uh, as an airline health prof- healthcare profession. I think that will be important information and kind of um, angle to advocate. Mm. Have we answered more or less everyone's questions tonight? Or do you think we still need to? I was, I was, I was just about to, 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 to go through again. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to go through again, just to, to, to see where it was. I was just kind of wondering where the questions were, and they disappeared. Have we? Can, how do we reverse agent? Have we talked about that already? Then, um, it, in one way, it, it, it may appear not to have aged on the outside, which is what we are seeming to be more and more adept at in our society at the moment. So it doesn't look like it's aged on the outside, but actually it's going through the aging process on the inside. So we're using different, the, you know, the art of making something plump. So we're putting some kind of kappa into the system, some sort of structure into the system to actually make something look plump, make it look sort of much younger than it actually is. Um, but that doesn't reverse the aging process, unfortunately. It gives the appearance of something, but it doesn't reverse it. And I will also add that um, was I've, I'm all for aging gracefully and aging appropriately or you know, with, with care, as Colin and I have been saying. 
for a sales or collection of sales that doesn't age and forever producing that we there's a very very well-known condition associated with that which is called cancer so maybe forever not aging may not be a most good thing either from that point of view as well it it means that each of us are unique individuals um is and i think that actually each of us being a unique individual and we have a unique relationship and experience of aging as well so we've got this this two things we've got our us as a unique constitution unique individual but we also have a, a unique relationship with aging um as well and, and that uniqueness in both our experience of aging and our constitution is is subject to change through the patterns the process patterns of aging itself so I find that kind of, you know, that sort of the combination of those things quite interesting. And I think yoga practice itself is actually designed to minimize the effects of the aging process itself, because the aging process has effects. And whether that's transitioning from one place to another or, or it's the way the structure is or the mind is, because if you think about what happens in the physicality, if you think what happens with the mind, all of yoga's tools are there in order to minimize the effects of the aging process. And the practices that we do must respect our phase of life that we're in and prepare us for what's to come. So actually what we do young, early in life should actually prepare for what we do later in life. So it, it's, I think there needs to be that as part of the overall aging. And I think that to respect and go through the natural processes and to be fully present and actually embrace life through those processes well is, is aging. Um, and so that, that transition, that graceful transition and if you think about transitions, they're so difficult for most of us, you know, even coming home, you know, if you, you just come back, got, got off a flight, come in and you're like the transition back from one place to another place, the transition to come home, the transition to move from one place to another place, the transition through our life. Um, oh, it's challenging. It is. And, and, and for me, aging is, this is, it's, it's, it's transitioning. You know, and so many times you hear people, you know, that they say to you and they come and they turn around and they say, well, you know, you know, I, I, this never used to cause me a problem. I always used to eat this. Um, I, I, you know, I used to be able to stand up and drop back and touch the ground and come back up to stand again. I used to be. And, and quite often the stories are I used to. And there's an attachment to that point in their life. And it's kind of interesting. It's really interesting. Indeed. I'm keen to make sure that we answer all the questions before we go as well. So Eliza asked uh, about the effects of the chemicals in Botox and fillers on the body. So I can answer from Western perspective. So Botox is actually snake venom. It's a very far diluted snake venom that uh, is a paralyzing uh, venom. So actually what happens is because wrinkles most of the time is what we call um, an active um, wrinkles so it 
tend to be on areas of your face or body that you move a lot. So like around your smiling area, frowning area. So actually what it does is paralyzes those um, area um, as, a, as a poison, as a venom. And then that's why the wrinkle goes away. And then once the body finally process it, um, the effect wears off and that's why the wrinkle comes back. Uh, fillers tend to be collagen. So again, they're kind of mimicking natural compound that's inside the body. These are the things that kind of make up the skin, sometimes the bones and cartilages and things like that. So they're kind of adding the plumbing effects uh, into the body. And again, unless you react to um, these things, because some people do unfortunately react to the fillers and Botox, um, they will just get metabolized and in time they will go away again. So that's what my understanding of uh, Botox and fillers on the body. Colin may have something else to say, or you want to take the second question? I, 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 that, yeah, I have nothing to say on this. <laughs> okay. Shall we take the second question? Someone else got their hand up. It's me. Um, hi. Hi. And um, thank you for some really interesting reflections. And um, I want to share with you an entertaining takeaway that I'm getting from this discussion, because what's really striking is how resistant we are to aging, how much, you know, we really want, we think it's a terrible thing and that we want to try and reverse or, or at least slow it down. And, and, like, and like Paul said at the very start, you know, we relate it so much to our body letting us down. You know, the number of times where if our knee gives away or, or, or our back hurts, we go, oh, my goodness, I'm getting old. But we never say when we do something better than we might previously have done it, we never say, hooray, I'm getting old, i.e. I am learning. And so, so my, my little takeaway is I'm going to test myself to see whether the next time I do something a little bit better than I might previously have done, I'm going to have a crack and see whether I can say, hooray, I'm getting old. <laughs> so maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. <laughs> Brilliant. Love oh. that. I think I might copy that as well. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. My goodness, it's. Uh, can I ask um, everyone here what, what's come out of today for you so far? There was silence. Uh, you have to make sure that you change your lifestyle as you grow older and not continue doing the same things you could do when you were younger. Make sure you move with it and not resist it too much. Hmm. Anything else, guys? Aging is changing, yeah really is. It's part of this process that we're kind of going through. So imagine we've got all these kind of secular processes, so cycle-like processes that are going on within us, that form part of us. We have these processes when we take things in and move things out, but also we form part of this as well. It can be like, I can relate to that four-year-old drinking woman um, who's, <laughs> so you've got a 13-year-old trapped inside a 40-year-old body, can be.
<laughs> Brilliant. It's like awareness, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I think um, for me, the, the, the reflection really is on the that everything has to go through its processes. And either what we do is we keep those, we use all the tools that we have within our Western society and our Eastern knowledge to enhance our and embrace our life in the best possible way. And I think, and also to, to age well, that would be my, it would be to look at the processes because if the processes don't work, it will not allow the aging process to happen well. Yeah. My takeaway, I think I'm going to do what Leah's doing. I think both recognizing aging means sometimes a campaigns and me giving away but also means that i can learn and do things better as we go along that is the both side of the same coin cool so cool. i think i'm not sure if everyone has uh, noticed but we are actually meeting a little bit more frequent than we used to in this new cycle so we are going to meet actually every two weeks instead of every three weeks um and also we're gonna get out of our comfort zone or get out of my lcd brain uh, actually got out of the alphabetical order so i think we just decided next time so in two weeks time we're going to talk about fear is that right colin yeah, I, I think I like the idea of fear because it's, I think it's something to, um, I think I like to discuss because in a way, we don't recognize it. We don't live alongside it. We don't embrace it in the way that we could embrace it. And I, so I'd like to discuss fear. I think it's a very interesting subject matter, especially in the times that we're living right now. Absolutely. And if there's any topics that you want us to discuss, as always, please keep sending it to our social media, to the website, however you want to get in touch. We'll be looking forward to hear from you as well. Have a good night, I think. <laughs> Can I plug this? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm, I'm just, guys, if you're watching this at home, so Penguin have published this book. Um, it's by someone here in the room um it's kind of interesting read it buy it <laughs> read it um so it's good to see you all um and we'll see you in two weeks time for fear i'm really going to look forward to that you did good night <laughs> bye guys <laughs>